The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, October 11th, 2018, season 14, episode number 58. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to get into uh, the injuries, make sure you guys are up to date on what's happening there. We're going to talk about Alan Hearns and the comments that are swirling around him, both uh, from Jacina Anderson, as well as what he said in the locker room yesterday in response. Um, and then we'll also get into the Jaguars defense. Dave has a scouting report for us, going to tell us what's happening with that defense, which may be maybe the best unit in the NFL. We'll talk about right. that. It might all right. Okay. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, but first, let's get into the injury update. There were some interesting notes from the injury update that I think we need to discuss a little bit. Uh, the guys that did not participate yesterday, David Irving, Demarcus Lawrence, Sean Lee, Joe Thomas. Let's first catch up on uh, on David Irving. Da- David, you were just out at practice. Is he in the building today? Everybody that you just listed except Joe Thomas is in the building and practicing. And that Wait, includes Sean, Sean Lee? Lee. Yeah, you heard what? me. You heard what I said. All right. I mean, You're getting a little boisterous. So like, as up at me. always... Stay tuned for the injury report to see what that means exactly yeah. because, you know, going through pat and go in the first 15 minutes of practice does not mean that he's part of the game plan. But Sean Lee's moving around. He's doing yeah. stuff. David yeah. Irving is here. David yeah. Irving is at practice. Sean's been watching those two rookies. Yeah, it's not fun when people take your, like, you know, you want to win games, but it's kind of nice. We know how nice. that goes. <laughs> I'm just saying. You want to win games, but it's kind of nice sort of when you're like, oh, they, they, need, they me. need me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Sean's out there. David All Irving right. is out there. Um, really, you know, I thought about you immediately, uh, which, uh, you know, what you said about David yesterday, you know, don't judge until you know all the details. Well, very interesting report about him in the mm-hmm. Dallas Morning News this morning. Saying Just what? Basically detailing what he's been going through the last week, and it sounds like a very contentious custody battle and just all kinds of really – unfortunate stuff that he's been having to deal with so makes a little more sense why he hasn't been here and as we know when it comes to kids all bets off you got to get the kids taken care of first right i wouldn't know but you got yeah well that's that's what he had mentioned right before training camp too yeah yeah that he was having to deal with that and gonna be battling the custody of his kid so we'll see how that goes we'll see how it goes but for the moment he is back in the building as Nick said, we'll see if he's lining up on that first snap yeah. <laughs> or at some point during that game uh, because until that happens, you just don't know. He's been out for quite a while now dealing with the suspension. It wasn't just this stuff. It was a suspension, plus he missed training camp. There was a lot of stuff that's been going on that's had him um, out of commission oh, here well, for a while. I'm going to clarify this because I got a few tweets about it. What I said yesterday was, was figure it out. That's what it needs to be figured out, and he's had a lot of time to do that. And so, yeah, I understand. I mean, I, I have I have kids. I, I get that they they trump everything. But but what I'm saying is, is you also have an obligation. Um, it doesn't mean it's first or second. It just means that you do have an obligation for your employer who's counting on you and your teammates. And so you've had a lot of time. That's what that was. There was a lot of time to figure it out. And here we are. It didn't sneak up on anybody. October, you know, fifth game of the season. So I, I understand he's got a lot going on, and I I don't envy him for that but i'm just saying i what i said was 
was he needs to get it he needs to get it all figured out and and I think that you know it easier said than done you know I'm not not judging him whatever but he has had a lot of time to do that and the Cowboys are hoping that he can get things together so for his sake you know because it's one thing he can one way he can take care well, of well sometimes family. that doesn't depend on you that depends on other people so it's not like it's necessarily on your own timing that it all just falls back on him and his responsibility figure, figure it out figure it out and it, that's honestly that's what happens sometimes you get into these tough situations where there is nobody at fault and you and I know that's that yeah. saying my wife always says it ain't your fault but it's your problem there it and is you got to figure it out because right. at the end of the day you still do have a responsibility to figure it out and and that's the hard part in all these kinds yeah. of situations any kind of situation you're dealing with with family you still got to figure it out and uh, like Nick said I don't envy him I hope it all works out for him it but, looks like at this point, at least he's back in practice. And hopefully, hopefully, everything on the other end, which in my opinion is the more important thing, everything on the other thing on the other end is at a point that's manageable for him so that he can come back to work and really be completely yeah. into work. And, you know? you know, I'll say this. It's no different than Sean Lee with an injury. Yeah, you can put Sean Lee on the field, but if you can't run from A to B, you're not helping me. And if, if David Irving isn't mentally right to, to go out and play, even though you know he's still thinking and, and his mind is somewhere else, then he's really not going to help him either. So it's not just a physical thing. It's a mental thing. So he's got to be able to get both of those in order. All right, let's talk about some of the limited participants yesterday. Uh, Cheeto Bay still dealing with the ankle injury was limited. Uh, Malik Collins with the knee was limited. Uh, Tyron Smith limited with an ankle. Um, and then Taco Charlton. He's limited with a thumb, and I'd heard a report that supposedly has a cast now. Uh, tell us what you know about that. That's, I mean, it's a benefit of being in the building is you get to see that type of stuff. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to wear it during the game, but, like, these guys these guys have stuff that they use to help them get through the week all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, Daniel Ross had a splint that had, like, I don't even know what it was, but it was, like, he had a little – carrying case that he was carrying with him like it was a stimulator or like um saline or so i don't know but like you know see and i was just like scary what the hell but then you know he's fine and he plays on game day it's we see it because we're here and yeah you know you know an interesting story about that something like that it was when uh, brandon carr was still here and i saw him in the hall one day and I just came up, you know, you give a guy a handshake, whatever. I shook his hand. He was like, oh, oh. And yeah. he just, like, almost fell to the ground. He showed me his fingers. Fingers, like, swollen and just, like, it looked horrible. Yeah. But he played the week before, and he was back out there playing and, the next yeah. week. When it's just not, a part of football. When you're not getting interceptions, like, that's fine. You can do that. <laughs> but you might have to knock down a pass, right? If you're not doing that, you're fine. <laughs> not till Baltimore did he go getting picks. <laughs> go ahead. It's true. No, um, but, yeah, so, uh, you know, Jason Garrett kind of, which so the media saw Taco's cast on Tuesday, you know, like oh is Taco okay? And somebody asked Garrett on Wednesday, and like Garrett was almost like incredulous, like yeah, no, he's gonna practice. We do that all the time. Yeah, he's gonna play. Like it's fine. So you know, it's not great when you. It's need called it. a practice cast. It's not great when you need something like that. Taco, but it is. It's pretty common. I think Taco's gonna be fine. Um, everybody you just listed was there today. There today. Malik so was we'll see there. if they were limited or not. Cheeto was there. there. Yeah, I mean. Like I said, a practice reporter always tells the real story. Whether they're at the media portion doesn't really mean anything. But they're all in uniform doing something, which is a good sign on a Thursday. Do we ever really talk about Cheeto Bay and what happened with him in that game? I got a, a fan that just asked me, like, are y'all going to talk about it? And, and I don't know that we ever really kind of got into it from the standpoint of what happened there during the game. Um, were there really any any answers from the coaching staff about – 
why they felt like he couldn't play because it sounded like after the game when we were when the, there was a whole group interviewing him, it sounded like what he was saying was, you know, I was well, I was willing to gut it out. I wasn't great. I wasn't hundred percent, but there, nobody in this locker room is hundred percent at this point in the season. Um, but I was told at halftime basically that I'm. They just they didn't think I had it and they were going to sit me. So. Did, did the coaches ever talk about it? Well, I mean, Jason Garrett had said after the game that his ankle was bothering him all week, and mm-hmm. so they decided to make that decision. Uh, you know, J- Jordan Lewis was 100% because he hadn't done anything all season, so he was a guy that was pretty healthy. And, you know, I think they looked at it and said, all right, Cheeto at 60% here is not better than Jordan Lewis at 100 right now. Uh, I don't think that means he lost his job or anything right. like that. But, you know, you need to be at 100% to chase DeAndre Hopkins around the field. And even then, you're probably not going to stop him. So I think they went, you know, they said, all right, this, like you said, I think there's like, this isn't working. Yeah. It was kind of weird because when he was talking to the media after the day and someone asked him who whose decision was right. this, he was, all his answer was, undisclosed and just using that word I mean when you think about an injury that's nothing bad for you to say you know my ankle was hurting I was put taken out of the game because of that but the way that it was said and then certain things how it was perceived around I know Christy Scale she's a sideline reporter and she's a she's a great reporter she does her job amazingly and she was giving some apparently wrong facts during the game and then comes to find out later on that Jason Garrett says. You know what, though? I'm what? Not, not to cut you off. I, I think really what she was upset with was the other way around. I think what I mean, what she was being told was that it wasn't injury related. Right. That's what I think. Exactly. That's what yeah, yeah. 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 But then, no. but then Garrett said then it was Then she finds related. out that well, it was an injury related. Right. But there just were, certain things that just makes it kind of weird. When yeah. a guy leaves a game because of injury, there's a whole protocol for it. Like the Christie scales of the right. word get word on what it is. They bring it up to the press box. There's an announcement what it is. Is he questionable? Is he out? Whatever. Cheeto could have kept playing, which prevented any of that from needing to happen. Like because essentially, let's say that that you're saying if if the if Jordan goes out there and gets hurt, Cheeto's going back in the game. He's exactly. not out of the game. He's not. But and don't so, you have to still report that and and just say that his return is probable? Because we hear that in the press box a lot too. Yeah. Right? No, I well, I don't know if what the exactly written protocol is, but if you, so, he didn't leave. Like he didn't have to be helped off the field. They were just like, hey, man. You look a little gimpy out there. We're, we're worried about you. Guy. We want you to sit. We're, you know, and sense. so you don't have you don't to have report to. Yeah, that. That makes sense. Just like you would make the call with anybody else. You yeah. would just say, you know, whatever you the re- whatever yeah. the reason is. Which why would he answer on this close though, like that? Because he's a cornerback. He's got pride, and he doesn't want to show <laughs> and tell anyone that that he got you know benched or or that he's hurt for this week. Yeah, and he's still dealing with something, and maybe to you know, get to get to the heart of it, if he gets through this week of practice, okay, he's going to be one of your two outside corners. Like yeah. that, that, that's yeah. he didn't lose his job. Yep. No, I, and I agree with Amber that it did seem a little strange the way it went. It down. absolutely, but that, but that also just makes me think that he didn't necessarily think. Maybe he didn't agree with the assessment that the coaches made. Maybe he thought, hey, I'm fine. I can play, which you expect players to say that, right? But it, it sounded like he wasn't necessarily, you know, it was always like, almost like I have to reluctantly say the party line, but I think I was able to play fine. And yeah. that's at least the way I took it, but who knows? Who knows if that You're was You're dealing with a lot of things there. You're dealing with the pride of a cornerback. Which, you know, you're also dealing with Jason Garrett not trying to give away anything what might happen this game. Um, you're also dealing with the trainers, and we, we've dealt with them, sorry, the athletic trainers. And, and we know that if they bring a player back, 
and he's not 100% or whatever it happens, and you write about it or talk about it or anybody discusses anything about that, then that's a sensitive topic. So you're dealing with a lot of things right there that happen. I think the bottom line is if Cheeto's ready to play, um, you know, he'll, he'll start. All right, let's uh, let's go on. Let's talk a little bit about. Um, actually, let's take our first break. When we come back, um, I do want to uh, next get into the Jacksonville Jaguar defense. Talk a little bit about that. Let Dave give us a scouting report in the third segment. We'll talk about Alan Hearns and some of the stuff that's swirling around him. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love, I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract, just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel anytime. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk. X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. We're having fun today. Let's keep it going. We're going to talk about this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. And, Dave, this is going to be a tough one. Woo! Yeah, they're good. 290, <laughs> they're good. 292 yards per game, 191 passing yards per game, best in the league, third best scoring defense in the league. Mm. Middle of the pack against the run, but, okay. I, I mean, I think they're, they'll gladly – I think they'll gladly try to use their personnel to shut down Ezekiel Elliott, knowing that Cowboys probably won't be able to throw the ball very well against them. Um, this is my main impression from watching the Jags is I just think they're perfectly suited for the way you need to play defense in the NFL today, uh, which, you know, big surprise. Like they've had a ton of money and a ton of draft picks to spend on these guys, but um, they, don't need to rush with more than their front four because their front four is so good. Uh, it hasn't been, you know, they got the nickname Saxonville last year. They haven't been that good so far this year. They're middle of the pack. Uh, they got 11 sacks so far, but Calais Campbell, uh, he's still doing his thing. He's got and he is hurt right now, right? He, I thought he was limited yesterday he's in practice. Limit, maybe yeah, he's limited. But or? like, okay. I'm not. An, I'm I'm expecting him to play in this yeah, game. Right. Um, 
Three sacks in five games, 17 and a half since he signed with the Jags last year. Good signing. Uh, you got Yannick Ngagwe, uh, shouts hmm. out the University of Maryland. Got a feeling that's going to get butchered in the press box this mm-hmm. week. Very, very much so. It's N-G-A-K-O-U-E. So I don't even want to guess what he's going to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, 22 career sacks, two so far this year, 12 last year. Really solid bookends. Uh, Malik Jackson is a hell of a three-tech. They gave him a gob of money after Denver won the Super Bowl. And then why not trade for Marcel Darius, who is a top five pick, to play nose tackle for you? Um, mm. So they don't use more than that to rush very often. Like a little bit, but not very Where's often. Fowler? Fowler's like not even a big part of and this. And he was a first-round pick, like third, what, yeah. number third, what overall, three? Third, third overall. He's third on the depth chart. Um, He's third on yeah. the de- oh third between both yeah, yeah defensive yeah, yeah. okay I thought they you were are like third at one of the defensive they are defense. using Taven Bryan who was this year's first round pick a guy that the Cowboys liked a lot um, he was a tackle coming out of college and I'm sure he'll play some tackle at some point but they're using it in, him at end right now uh, to spell Campbell uh, but then real and, and as good as those guys are this is the gross part as good as those guys are the back. The back half of this defense is what really makes you envious when you watch them because they're so well-suited for the way the NFL likes to play these days. They have two super freak athletic linebackers in Telvin Smith and Miles Jack who never come off the field. They all I never I saw them play base like twice. Like they don't need to because Telvin Smith and Miles Jack can do it all. Like they can cover guys out of the slot, they can cover tight ends and running backs. Depending on the receiver, they could probably run with a receiver if they need to. What was Telvin Smith drafted? Uh, fifth round. <laughs> he had he had some big character flags, which have not fifth cropped. Round? I yeah. thought he was a third round pick. Telvin Smith was drafted significantly later than Anthony Hitchens. Just wow, okay. Yeah, that draft. Um, he he had some off the field stuff that bumped him down, but it has not been. I mean, he signed a second contract in Jacksonville. They're gonna they're building this thing around him at least at that level. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you got your DBs. You got Jalen Ramsey, fifth overall pick. You so got much, huh? So much to talk about there. No, right? yeah. Well, well, we'll get to that. Uh, you got Jalen Ramsey. You got AJ Bouye, who they gave a gob of money to out of Houston. Uh, he, you know, Ramsey gets the headlines. He's really, really good too. He can do it all. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson and Barry Church are your safeties. Y'all remember Barry. Ty- we- you should. I'm just playing. Tyler Patman. Love him. Tyler Patman. He's doing what? He's your slot corner. Really? Yes. He's still playing. He's still playing. He's playing well. Really? Yeah, I was going to say, really? He's the sixth DB in this backfield. Um, And in in a defense like this, you can have some of those kind of guys that look really good because you got such good players everywhere else. I want to get to that when I finish. And then you have Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama, who's their third safety. So that's that's six guys that play a lot, and they all play because they're all interchangeable. Like, I just talked, like, these linebackers are so athletic, like – Miles Jack could probably play safety if he really needed to for some reason. Well, Barry Church is basically a big nickel. You saw him do that yeah. here some, but he's like he's essentially their third linebacker a lot of the time. So is Ronnie Harrison. If they do blitz, they typically blitz a safety off the edge. They love to put safeties in the box and they'll flip-flop them. So like Barry Church will be playing center field with Gibson up on the line one snap and then they'll flip and they do it pre-snap too like like there's basically seven guys behind the line that can all do a little bit of everything and two corners that can lock it who can lock it down so like 
You Good just, luck. You just kind of have this nebulous glob of athletic players that move everywhere they need to be before the snap. And mm. which and the reason why I think it works so well, and this is a pass-happy league, and they are well-suited to handle the pass. they got three safeties who can do it. They've got the best cornerback tandem in the league and two athletic linebackers. Um, so what aren't they good at? They are very aggressive, and I wonder if the Cowboys can use that against them. Um, Smith and Jack overrun things a lot because I think they are so instinctive and they trust their athleticism so much. They definitely can run themselves out of plays. Maybe some misdirection could work there. Um, and I don't think the safeties, specifically Barry Church, I think we remember that. I mean, he's not a cover safety. He's mm -hmm. a, more of a hitter, linebacker guy. So maybe you can take advantage of that. Not trying to win against these cornerbacks. I know that. You've got to be able to. I mean, if these linebackers can run, then obviously, you know, they're not going to be as strong as you would you would think. I mean, they are super freak players, but you could, you know, I would think if you can get the linemen on them, that's where you're going to have to do something with. I mean, because if you try to run wide all the, all day long, I bet you those guys will chase you down. You're going to have to you're going to have to get to the second level and and get Zach Martin on Miles Jack or on uh, what's the other linebacker's name? Telvin Smith. Telvin Smith. Yeah. I mean, just look at Telvin Smith, and you you wouldn't if you just saw him, you wouldn't say oh, that's a linebacker in the NFL. So as fast as they are, you're going to have to combat that with running at them and run, trying to run over them. And this team hasn't really been a good mauling type team, but they're mm -hmm. going to have to get there. I trust like I trust Ramsey and Bouye and Gibson to a degree like they're going to handle their thing. Church and Patman and Harrison, you see him. The former Cowboys, yeah, good point. <laughs> former Cowboys and the rookie, yeah, right. good point. Right. I didn't even think about that, but uh, everybody else is good. You see him. You see him mess up their assignments from time to time. You know, against Kansas City, like Sammy Watkins. It looked like they were playing a, a deep zone, and he literally just like settled behind the safety and was like standing there. Dude didn't even know where Watkins was. So like you do see some breakdowns, but not not from the cornerbacks. Which I'm curious about that because for so long it was like, well, who's traveling with Dez? If Dez was on this team, I bet Ramsey would follow him around. He followed Tyreek Hill everywhere last week. He can do that, mm -hmm. but he doesn't need to for this team. I think he's probably just going to camp out on the left side and. Whoever's over there is probably not going to be a part of the play, if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's about finding mismatches elsewhere. I think this could be a big week for the tight ends. Well, could could being the variable word like right. if they if they're up for the challenge. Um, but the way you talk about the linebackers, that ain't an easy task either. It sounds like there is no nothing's going to be easy. <laughs> That's the you know they lost to Kansas City thirty to fourteen. Yeah, that's a different offense. Not well. Not only that, but like they didn't play bad. It was, it was ten to nothing late in the second quarter, and that was after Blake Bortles had already thrown a couple red zone picks, and then I think they give up a field goal. So like their worst half of the year, they're down thirteen to nothing. Again, that's after their offense had already squandered chances at points. Yeah, and then Bortles tries to set up a screen and throws it right to the Kansas city defensive lineman for a pick six and they're right. down, they're down 20 to nothing through no fault of their own. And it just got away from them. I put that mainly on Bortles. Like it's yeah. not like Pat Mahomes was just zipping up and down the field. Well, yeah. That this was definitely happen. the toughest outing for Pat Mahomes that he's faced this season. Like yeah. he was not running the moving the ball up and down the field as he normally does. He didn't throw a <laughs> touchdown. I don't believe. I think he, I mean, he did, he ran for ran one. one. I know he ran one. He ran one. He finished, I believe with no touchdowns and a pick. Um, mm. 
So, I mean, yeah, the score line is a little bit misleading there. Um, yeah. So I just I think you're going to see I think you're going to see him in nickel and even dime on a regular basis. Um, so in other words, what you're telling me is it's really going to be dependent on the defense. So if the Cowboys win this game, it's going to be dependent on their defense actually playing so well to where they're getting turnovers to actually put them in position and or score. That's how you have to beat this team. I'm sure Brian said this on the other show, but he's, I mean, Blake Bortles is the great X factor in all of this because you probably know what you're going to get from Dak. Like, he's not going to play as terrible as Bortles does. He's probably not going to set the world on fire. Bortles has the potential to just sink them. Like if he plays the way he did in Kansas City, he could absolutely just blow this game for them. Which so yeah, you're right. It, I mean, if the Dallas defense can play a really good game and hopefully get some takeaways, I think that's their best bet. Because what they're giving up 17 points per game. I can't mm-hmm. imagine the Cowboys scoring more than 20. That Offensively, would, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if yeah. they score more than 20, it's gonna because they got a defensive or special teams touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, you would think it may be even less than that against a defense this good. Like that number probably is closer to about thirteen, I would guess. I am curious. Um, I think this defensive line is a decent matchup for the Cowboys. Like Calais Campbell is is gigantic. Yes. Uh he's what, six seven? He's six eight, three hundred. Or he's listed at six eight, three hundred. Yeah. And it's really like it's the quicker, more athletically freakish guys that give Tyron Smith problems. Yeah. Um so that seems favorable. And then Ngagwe is really good. He's at, he's more on the small side. It's weird. Ngagwe plays more on the left side and Campbell plays more on the right side, but Ngagwe is the small, smaller of the two. You would think he would play on the right side and they do flip flop, but they usually stay where they're at. So I don't know. I think as good as they are, I think this is a much more favorable situation for Tyron and Lyle Collins than last week, obviously. So maybe buy Dak some time. Maybe if he's got more time to throw, he can find some lanes against this secondary, but it's going to be tough. All right. Um, actually, I wanted to get into, I'm actually going to save this till tomorrow. I wanted to do some matchups, not really matchups, some some comparisons, because there are two players on both of these teams that are will be for the duration of their careers that will be linked together. I'm talking about Jalen Smith, Miles Jack, and I'm talking about Jalen Ramsey and Zeke Elliott. I think I'm going to save that till tomorrow. We're going to talk about how you – look at those two comparisons and and what the Cowboys did in selecting one versus the other um, and whether they maybe should have done the other. We're going to talk about that tomorrow, but let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, I do want to talk a little bit about Alan Hearns and some of the, the, uh, the stuff that's swirling around him. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True, they even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the Growler. Hmm, I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. 
Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, Dave just gave us a good report on these guys on the uh, Jacksonville defense. But before we get back into our conversation, Nick, what you got for us? I just got Cowboys are playing Jacksonville this weekend. 325 (laughs) uh, at AT&T Stadium. Don't miss a chance to be there. You can actually be in the building. So you can go to DallasCowboys.com and see how you can be there and experience that game live. Hmm. 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 <laughs> That'll be fun. If you've never He's been out to AT&T Stadium, get in there. You really, you really should give it a shot. Get in there with all those crazy It's an experience. Jacks, regardless Jacks of what happens in the game, it's an experience to go to AT&T Stadium for a game. So make sure you check it out. I think we should do a bit where all of us, at some point in, in the building, see what kind of spot you can get if you run in at the... Uh, <laughs> Party pass level? Just you go in random. You got to go incognito. I mean, you got that, on jersey. That's one thing you, you've never really seen before. Like if, if I mean, from our view, we're in the press box. We're you know, things really quiet, and then all of a sudden they open the doors, and people literally are running. I mean, they are like elbowing and trying to get. Sounds there. like something we should make Dave do and film it. Well, Dave just Fight said the crowd. before they, he got hate here, him just getting thrown out like that. The that's, one thing that's that, what you're wanting to, to get people there, you're not wanting to scare people away. Wow, it's a friendly run into the stadium. A friendly run, yes. You <laughs> first come, first serve type pro, of thing. Pro tip, as, excuse me, sir. <laughs> as somebody who's watched that happen a hundred times, everybody makes for the end zone. Yes, go around. Go, yeah. you know the. The, the standing room on the 20 and the 30 is nowhere near as quick to fill up as the end zone seats. Right. Everybody just sprints straight for those seats by the end zone. Or the one level up. Like yeah. Everybody or, goes right to where they are. Or you make can go for the one, stairs. You can go one no, level two up. Two levels and, up. I know, but I'm saying the one level up is not a huge difference, yeah. but you're going to get right there at the front. I like Dave's idea because yeah. the difference between the uh, – Video board in the end zone. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, eighty yard screen versus a twenty foot I mean, screen. They've got yeah. that like at Boomer Jacks, right? Yeah, yeah, they got a TV. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> they got that one at Boomer Jacks. It's a, but the point is well made though. <laughs> it like, is well made. But you can have a view of the biggest you. TV in the world or yes. a normal looking big screen. The tide yeah. for the biggest. Yeah. Well, who who now? Jerry's joke. Oh, other side. 
Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he tells that to me all the time. There's only one just like this. Really? Where? Other side. Go around. The new stadium. There you go. All right. So let's get back into it. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Alan Hearns. Mm. So Alan had a conversation with Josina Anderson, and, and it's getting to a point now where like, she's breaking all this kind of stuff. Like, it's whenever a player is saying something that's going to blow up to be something they don't want blown up, it seems like she's somewhere in the mix because it was just something with Odell Beckham that, that she did last week. I think it was last week. If they don't want it to blow up, they're doing a great job no. of ta- like saying, hey, this is how I feel. Honestly, honestly, I honestly don't think that Alan Hearns thought this was going to blow up. I really think hmm. he didn't think this was going to blow up. And it's even listening to what he said, and we'll get into what he said in the locker room, but listening to that, I don't think he really believed that what he said was going to blow up to be what it ended up being. But let's let's get into it. Um, yet before, when he talked to Justina Anderson, basically uh, the quote was, sometimes Dak is making the read, sometimes he's not. Sometimes the blocking is there, sometimes it's not. Um, sometimes, Joe, it's the play calling. And then she pressed him on that and asked him what the, an example of that. And he talked about a play where there was an interception in the second interception in the Texans game. Uh, where the play call was uh, deep, basically deep curl routes um, against two man, uh, which means you got two guys deep. The, the corners know they got help over the top, so they tend to play um, play up, which means that if you're running curl routes, they can jump the route. So he's basically saying that we had a horrible call. He said he said as much. This is a horrible call versus this defense. Obviously, it blew up. Um, and then he goes in the locker room yesterday, and obviously the media wants to get give him an opportunity to clarify. And, and uh, Ken, I think you have that audio of what he said yesterday in the locker room. Can you play that for us? Uh, I didn't question. You know, um, everyone knows that's not a good play call versus uh, two men. You know, what's so unfortunate for us, you know, that was the only snap of two men. You know, so um, it was just an unfortunate situation, but I didn't question the play call. Have you heard from the staff about those comments that you made? No. Nah. Uh, as far as all that, you know, it's pretty much – People outside of here that talks about it. Nobody really talks about it inside. Do you feel like that statement's made, but there were a lot of other comments that you made about this offense that had you talking about, look, we shoulder the blame in some situations. Like, do you feel like there was not full context given when that statement was made? Uh, I mean, probably so. You know, but as far as me, it's not like, oh, um, I'm just coming out saying a statement. You know, if people ask the question and I tell them how it is. You know, uh, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. You know, but. As far as me, I'm just going to tell it how it is, for real, for real. For real, for well, real. For real, for real. <laughs> Love it's, it. What I for don't, real and then for real, for real. What I don't like about the first part of that, which I wasn't that kind of paraphrased by Josina Anderson? Yeah, she paraphrased what he was saying see, on a show that she was doing. Well, see, yes. then that's a problem because if, if Alan Hearns said, sometimes it's Dak not making the right read, sometimes it's the offensive line, Right. Yeah, sometimes it's the blocking, sometimes it's not. Yeah, and then sometimes it's the play calling. Right. He also said sometimes it's the receivers. When, yeah, he did. Right. When, Later. When? When was that? Like, what? Jusino paraphrased it. Whatever. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, that's what you left out there. I mean, I didn't hear that part. I'm just saying. Yeah, and that wasn't in the in that part of the quote. It was later when she mentioned the right, the wide receiver part. Yeah, that's yeah. not as fun. That's not to do as it. fun. That's, that's exactly right. right. And that's that's why you paraphrase. I mean, and, but that's the also why... reason you paraphrase is to get it the way you want it to. To sound right, and, and that's, sometimes you have to. Sorry, sometimes you have to do that because of the way the players all over the map, or what Jerry or somebody is all over the place, and you kind of need to paraphrase it. But in that in that sense, when you don't include yourself right there, I mean, he needs to say that sometimes our guys do don't get open. Sometimes when they do, they they you know 
push the ball up in the air and let anyone intercept it. So it's all of them. But, I mean, I thought he did a nice job yesterday of clarifying. He didn't back down. He didn't like the play call. He doesn't have to like it. Yeah, but that's also the thing. That's why I don't think, when I said I don't think he really thought this was going to blow up, Yeah, is because when you listen to the whole context of what he said, and as he mentioned it yesterday, like, like it was much more than just saying the play caller was the problem. He was saying we got blocking issues at times, we got passing issues at times, we got receiver issue at times, and sometimes the play calling is not right, right? Guess what? Those are probably the four things that have to go in every <laughs> offensive play. So if you're a team that's two and three, you're going to have some problems probably yeah. in all of those four things at some point that help you get to two and three. So I honestly believe he thought he was just making a really bland statement by saying, yeah, all these different things have to share the blame in what's going wrong yeah. offensively. He didn't expect it to blow up like this. But it does because because what you do is you pick through what you like and you and you pull that out and then you paraphrase it in a certain way. And if you can actually listen to what we heard, you can kind of see that, that that reporting was also getting dissected by another reporter who does a very similar thing. So, I mean, you can, there's a lot going on with that whole whole thing and I don't think Alan Hearns thought what he said was a big deal but you know and and really it, it, it isn't it isn't a big deal but as long as you include yourself in that too you know and, and I think he did later he did when he talked about it yesterday he said well that's I mean going yeah I, which I came I came away from my main impression is I'm just impressed with Alan Hearns as a person like he taught he stood up and talked after the game and then he talked again on Tuesday, right? And then he talked to Jacina, and then they came back and pressed him to clarify that, and he talked again. Like so, kudos to him for not shying away. I don't know that everybody would have done that. Um, we want these guys to be honest, yeah. And when they are, then then they get ripped sometimes. Right. And he said it's not a good play call. That's okay. I mean that that's okay. But he also, I, I've written well, some stories that, that probably that aren't very good. There's some that aren't very good. No, no. I mean no. 2000. 13, I think I wrote one, and then maybe 2007. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Last I was about week. to say, that one in 2013 was really good. No, no I'm just saying, I mean, when it's, when it's bad, it's bad. I mean, sometimes it is, and, and that's okay. I mean, you want players to have, you know, thick skin. Same with coaches. Bad play call. He, he talked on Sunday, and he also was like, I specifically said, like, I include myself in that. Like, we left plays on the field in that game, and, and we can't do that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It's... Yeah, he's like, I don't question the play call, but publicly saying that it's a bad play is kind of questioning the play call. But here's but, my thing. The way yeah. he describes it, I don't honestly think that it was the play call that was the problem. Well, that's To fun. me, the problem is nobody audibled out of it. Yeah. Because think about it. When you're calling in a play, you don't know how the defense is going to line up yet. You make the play call, yeah. and no, then they see it. And in what he said is in the pre-snap reads, we saw that that was not that what they were doing. At that point, it has to be on the quarterback to change the play, and that, or yeah. you're just going to run right into it, right? Straight well. up, like during the course of this media cycle, like I've had three or four conversations. It's like, is Hearns calling out Linehan, right. or is he calling out Dak right. Prescott? Which it's, I mean, but and think of it like enough this. blame to go around. And I don't know the answer to this, so therefore I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to defend anyone. But let's just say that earlier in the, in the game, you you your head coach threw out a challenge. For a play that absolutely was not going to get over, just happened to make just it wanted happen. to do it, it even though the ball hit him probably in the leg because it bounced off of Tavon's hands. But you challenged it anyway. So what does that mean? No timeout. Then you in that play, let's just say I don't know this, but let's just say that that the Locked call comes down. in, it's loud, you can't hear it. All of a sudden, it's ten seconds to go. What are you going to call another timeout because you don't really love this play? 
or you're going to have to just kind of do it. So I'm not blaming Dak for that. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying there's more to it sometimes than you get a play call, you're doing it, the guy's lined up, you know. That's what Romo's issue with, with Dez half the time was getting him from over here to over here. That's all fair, but in that scenario you painted, I still take the timeout. Even if I was already down one, I still take that timeout because exactly what happened is what can happen when you know you got a horrible play versus the defense that you oh, see. Well, it's better to take the timeout than and turn then the ball over. There, no. It comes full circle this morning when Jason Garrett's like, I don't agree with that. I mean, there's, you know, some plays work better against certain coverages than others, but we have run that play against that coverage successfully in the past. You to just, who? Is what I well, want. Well, no, and yeah, you got to execute better. Yeah. Obviously. And and what kind of cornerback is out there, too? Yeah. Like, probably not to Deontay. Probably not going to do that this week against Jacksonville. Probably Deontay not to Deontay Thompson, Thompson. Career high, 23 catches. Right. Ever in his career, in a season. So, I mean, I'm just saying he's not a guy that's going to go and fight and win and all that stuff. I'm yeah. sure Matt no. Ryan doesn't like every play he sees, and there's times where the guy's not really open. But he sees number 11, he's going to take his chances. But, you know, that's one of the criticisms that you hear, at least from fans, that I hear a lot uh, of Dak versus Romo, is that obviously we knew Romo. Romo managed the game. And what I mean by that is, they called a play in, but Romo, we know, did what he was going to do. He yeah. went out there, he saw the defense, he made adjustments. Now, maybe that's once you get a little bit farther into your career and you really have seen so much to where you really can make those kind of determinations, then coaches trust you to be able to do that. Maybe Dak's not at that point yet. But that is a stark contrast, I think, I think at least how, how fans see it uh, from watching the games you know, and what of they course. hear. It's a, it's a big problem that what this offense has right now because I feel that you can't really trust anybody. Your receiver can't trust your quarterback. Your quarterback can't trust the receiver or trust the play calling to a certain level because, like you mentioned, Romo had the ability to hear what the coaches were saying but then make his own decision based on what he was seeing on the field. Dak doesn't have that kind of experience or that kind of voice or power to do so just yet. So there's just a lot. And when you hear the players, and this is nothing new as far as doubting the play calling. I was hearing this from players last year. Obviously, I don't go around telling people, but this is something I was already hearing last year and you still got going on and you still aren't able to find ways to solve it. And like I mentioned yesterday, this is where Jason Garrett take charge, make the decisions that you think you need to make. I mean, your job is on the line right now and everybody knows it. I'm sure he knows it. So it's not like, let's just, oh, yeah, everything's good here, guys. Or when he makes a mistake there, what Dave was saying about that call, it's like, just admit it. It's okay to admit you're wrong. So I get more <laughs> respect out of that than you just standing there saying, well, we've done that before and it works against those defenses. No, just admit it. So there's just no trust all the way around in the whole offense. The only person I trust is... Ezekiel Elliott. But I will say this. I will say this. Oh, and I saw this. think about that statement. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I will say this. Seriously. On, I know, right. I will say this, though. I saw on Twitter yesterday, uh, your co-host from Cover 4, Jesse Holly. he said something I thought fit in really well with that. He said, this is what happens in a locker room where there's losing. Mm. Because what tends to happen, if you're winning, guess what? There's still probably guys that don't necessarily agree with this play call or necessarily agree with but this play winning. call. But you're winning, and so nobody has a reason to say it. It's the same reason where, why... 
at Monday, we had the show that we had, and if the Cowboys would have been able to convert that fourth and one and go on to win that game, we would have had a much different conversation. When you're winning, it you just kind of sweep all the bad under the rug, and you don't worry about it. When you're losing, you're looking for every reason why you're losing, and that's when all that stuff gets exposed. We spent... 45 combined seconds talking about the stupidity on the goal line against Detroit, not giving the ball to Zeke. Right. Barely talked about it. because they, well, they would have lost, though. If they would have lost, it, it might have been a whole show. We, it would have been a whole show. <laughs> it might have no been a whole show. In my mind. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to wrap up this thing and let you guys know what's going to happen this weekend. Cowboys versus Jaguars. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this?